You are listening to Radio Sock Talks, the SU Elections 2021. In this three-part series, we meet this year's candidates for SU Welfare Officer, Education Officer and President. On this episode, we are chatting to the SU Welfare candidates Aaron McOnseer, Cora Clark and Connor McWalters, discussing their manifestos and getting their views on some important topics, such as the upcoming referendum on reducing the student levy and more. So uh, welcome, uh, Aaron, for welfare. Uh, do you want to go through like a quick fire round? Uh, who you are, what you study, your pronouns, your age, your year, etc. Um. Yes. How's yeah? Um. So I'm Aaron. I'm 21. He, him, pronouns. I'm from Dublin City, and I'm in final year of Sock and Paul and Irish. Nice. And uh, what made you want to run for welfare? Well, I've been with the union now for the last few years. And um, I suppose the thing I'm always talking about is student engagement and anybody can put their name into these things. You don't need to be to be as nice. So I says you could hardly be going around preaching all this and then not putting your name down for it in the end. Um, I feel like I have an awful lot of experience as well over the last few years. And with the way college life has kind of broken down over the last year, I feel like that experience will be um, very important to bring um, the student union forward now post-coronavirus and please God, everything getting back to normal in September. Mm, yeah, you talk a lot in your manifesto about your experience. Do you want to break that down for the audience? So we experience, God, so I started with the union in 2018. I suppose I'll, I'll start off with my union experience. So um, I started off as a class rep for Irish and be honest the first year I didn't really know too much about or I took part in things like uh, mental health Mondays with Claire Ostick she was the president at the time and um, I was just kind of more on the sidelines more so in first year but then as I came on in the years then I started to uh, get more confidence and a bit more of an understanding about what the union was and what its role was so at the end of my first year with the union I put my name down to be Ifeduk Negrega and um, I thought that was great, but when I was going in, to be honest, I thought I was going to get so many things done. I was like, I'm going to do the sun, the moon and the stairs. And I suppose it's not really until you're in a role like that and you have a year actually spent there. So you sit down and you go, all right, we need to just take a step back from what we want to do. What is the main thing we're looking to focus on and work towards that? Because I feel like a lot of the stuff that I was looking to do was, so long term that I kind of forgot about the short term. So that's something I brought in then into me third year with the union, which is my second year as if Cook McGregor. And um, that's this year, just 2020, 2021. 20, God, all the years are the same now. Or <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I brought that with me then this year, just kind of more about strategic planning and how do we turn all of our thoughts and all of our ideas and everything that we think should be happening into a plan of action as to how do we actually make it happen? And that's something that I tried to do this year with the um, Chris de Gwelga. So I set up an Irish language subcommittee, which is the first one of its kind with um, NUIG, so far as I'm aware. And this would be set up to just focus on Irish language issues and help the IFG Gwelga in bringing what the Irish language community wants into fruition. Mm, sounds good. Uh, definitely a experience under your belt there. Um, and that really gave you an idea of how to plan for going ahead uh, this coming year. One of the biggest issues students have is, is basically like reintroduction to college life 
uh, first years who may have missed their first, their first year and are struggling to find a community in the college um, and just getting back in general. Do you have any plans for that that could dissuade students? Yeah, 100%. I know even myself, there was no coronavirus and I still felt like it was very out of my depth, to be honest. I come from a working class background myself, so there's not very many people like me from inner city Dublin, especially down in Galway. I was like, oh my God, none of these people are, are like me. And when I came down in fourth year, Jesus, that, um, stresses you're out, you know what I mean? And that's the thing, is how do we, how do we normalise just being a student, I suppose, and so I want to have um, a few different things going on, like short-term goals as well as long-term. I'm aware that there are long-term issues facing mental health and stuff in the university, but I do want to focus on um, the mental and physical health of our students in the coming year. So this year during the pandemic, uh, the student union ran things like the walk and talks, which I thought were great, just an opportunity for people to meet up, go on a walk and talk to people in a, in a safe and um socially distanced sort of manner you know yourself the way things have to be this year but it gave that opportunity for physical interaction to some degree with people so I'd like to do things like that and bring back the mental health Mondays initiative except Martin and Mjarif launched because I'm mad for Irish so that's mental health Tuesdays so every Tuesday we'd have a, a positive mental health event so that could be walking around giving out stickers I don't know bringing the dogs around the library let's say and then um, as well as that, we'd be running teamed months. So I'd be looking to focus in on different kind of sectors of the college community. So you could do a teamed month on loneliness and getting into college. And then you could do another one on maybe bereavement. But all that's going on with coronavirus, so many people have lost uh, people close to them, especially like older people. And then you could do another one on like women in male dominated industries and then you could do one about men's mental health and encouraging men to come and, and open up about their mental health with one another so I suppose it's just kind of about getting out there and meeting the students because I feel like as the welfare officer people a lot of the time you're people's first part of call and what I'd like to do is get out there and be seen as much as possible by the community so they don't feel like I'm Jesus, that's your man who I saw at such and such. They go, oh, that's Aaron. I know who he is. And that's where I want. I want people to stop me and to go, Jesus, I want you to do something for me. I'm feeling such a way. Empower me to help myself, not just now, but provide myself with the tools that I need to, to go forward because that's an awful lot of what a college is. It's empowering people to be the best version of themselves that they can be. Mm. Uh, you have a clear short-term and long-term goals here for mental health. Do you want to break that down into specifics right now? Um, yeah, so the short-term ones would be um, teams mental health month. So as I already explained there, some of the different teams that you could have for mental health month. Martin and Yaraflanta are mental health Tuesdays. Um, I'd like to continue on with the hump day, Hewley. Please, God, we could have a physical version, but if not, that it would be still online. Um, I'm aware that that weekly team was very important for people. I know even myself, I dropped into it. And it was great to just get to talk to people who you don't see. You only see yourself in the house these days. Um, I'd love to do monthly speed friending events and provide mental health trainings for students and staff, as well as do alcohol and drugs awareness. There's an awful lot of... Um, I don't feel like alcohol and drugs are spoken about widely enough in terms of mental health. It's always a very only physical or it's only addiction is what we talk about but we don't talk about the everyday issues people face with alcohol and drug issues um as well as that 
I'd like to increase the awareness of the Irish language services that there are. Another thing I'd like to do is wave a light as well in October. So that would be just raising awareness and talking about um, kind of stillbirths and neonatal deaths. I feel like it's something that so many people out there face and they struggle in silence. I know so many of my own friends who have been affected by stuff like this. And I think having the, the know-how and the knowledge of other people are going through the same thing and as well for people who maybe don't know anybody who's gone through the same thing what do you say uh, what are the supports that are available breaking down the barriers and the stigma around that basically and as well um, I'd like to have LGBT specific mental health awareness um, as a member of the LGBT community myself I'm aware of my own mental health difficulties that I suffered in earlier years however thanks be to God over the time I've built up resilience to all of this and it'd be about just increasing awareness of the things that are going on with the LGBT community and helping them build up that resilience within themselves as well. And um, then on a more long-term footing, I'd like to secure online counselling for students. I'm aware mobility was an issue before coronavirus. A lot of people don't actually live in Galway City. So having the online counselling option for students who may not be able to attend the university all the time, um, increase in the size of the counselling unit, as well as ensuring that there's LGBT training for staff and um, that extra supports are made available for survivors of sexual assault. I've been made aware that there's um, eight sessions available at the moment to people who attend the counselling unit. And, um, but if you're going to attend them with difficulties that like are pertaining to sexual assault, after them sessions are up, the university no longer provides you with any help and you're putting a separate one year long waiting list for an external organisation. And it's not good enough that we're asking our students to keep on reliving that trauma when all they're asking for is help to begin with and they're more than deserving to it. Mm. On that topic, um, uh, the, the presidential campaign seems to have one feature uh, that's highlighted is um, consent workshops. Uh, Roisin seems to have more of a um, opt-in uh, where he gets credits if you do do it. Um, and uh, Joe seems to be going for an opt-out where it's kind of compulsory, but uh, you can opt out, no questions asked. Uh, which one of those would you say you'd be more in favor of, if any? Um, to be honest, now I don't really be keeping up with other people's campaigns, um, not, not in a bad way or anything, but I just mm -hmm. feel like, um, I'm best on focusing on my own message and what I can provide for the students and campaigning in a positive sort of manner like that. Do you know what I mean? Focus on my own issues and what I have to offer. Um, myself, active consent is something that I do have mentioned um, in my manifesto. And I do think that more people should be availing of active consent classes. However, I do think that certain people might have um, post-traumatic stress around such things. So it'd be more about how are we encouraging people to do it? It's like we're Irish. I know coming from me experience with Irish, you turn around to somebody and say, you have to do this to go. Oh my God, what do I have to go to this for? I'm going to sit and be found down the back of the room. It's more about how do we engage people in an open and honest consent about, uh, in an open and honest conversation about what consent actually is. One of the things which I thought was great and which I thought was very engaging the, over the last few years was, do you remember that video and it was of the cup of tea, cup mm -hmm. of tea to explain consent and it was like, oh, you'd ask somebody, do you want a cup of tea? But if they say no, you don't throw it on their face. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's more about how do we 
bring the conversation of consent how do we bring the conversation of consent into the everyday conversations of of normal people like me and you like just everyday people do you know what I mean and I feel like if you're forcing people to sit in a room it can um force people to disconnect almost so I'd be personally I'd be more along the lines of how do we encourage people to get into the room how do we make people interested about it? how do we make people want to learn about active consent and so far as I'm aware um it's already been rolled out for all first years and um on-campus accommodation students and it's something that the active consent team in NUIG is working on um already so I would be keen to work with them on how we can actually expand these workshops and these trainings for all students across the campus in a way that's um in a way that's conducive to people's mental health and respectful of their past traumas. Okay. Um, you mentioned before uh, you're a member of the LGBT plus community. Um, so of course you're very protective of the community. Uh, do you want to go into more detail about um, your propositions for healthcare, trans healthcare, mental healthcare for LGBT plus community uh, people? As I said, I want to be a representative of the people. That doesn't mean that I am their be-all and end-all because I don't proclaim to be such, as my ma would say, there's only one man who's like that, and that's Jesus, but I wouldn't be that holy myself now. <laughs> so um, a lot of the stuff I'd like to do is about having LGBT awareness campaign. So dive into what is the L, the G, the B, the T, the Q, the A, what is the whole plus? So many people to even be asking me, is it LGBT? Is it LGBT plus? So kind of breaking that down, talking to people about who are the different sectors of the community? What are the different struggles that face different people? Because I'm aware that me as a gay cis man doesn't have the same problems as maybe gay trans man or perhaps a, a lesbian cis woman do you know what I mean we'd have different sort of experiences of the world so it would be empowering people to speak up about what their own experiences are um as diff as members of the LGBT community as well as that um based on what I've done so far this year with the Christian Gwelga I'm putting activism regarding Irish on a more serious footing and um empowering the community from the grassroots I'd like to set up a working group within the union to focus on things like improving access to trans healthcare and ending things like conversion therapy as well. Um, also, I'd like to have this group help and run awareness campaigns around things such as um, PrEP access and U equals U campaigns, as well as um, HPV vaccines, which are very much um, not in the mouth of the public, but that's what you'd say in Irish uh, these days regarding uh, cervical cancer screenings and whatnot, and all the scandal that has come out regarding the cervical scandal, God, and regarding all the stuff that's come out regarding the cervical scandal. So I'd be very keen to increase awareness about how people, especially men, may not realise that they're actually entitled to now access the HPV vaccine, and this can prevent things like penile and anal cancer. Mm. Did that answer the question or did I yeah, like just talk about it? Yeah. Uh, you did, yeah. Uh, one top, one bullet point I want to bring up as well is, um, yeah, I fear you want to remove dead names from Blackboard, which I think is very positive. Um, another, yeah. another, I guess, voting block um, uh, that you uh, say uh, you want to promote in your uh, manifesto are uh, students with disabilities. 
Um, want to go in more detail on that as well? Um, yeah, I'm so access for students with disabilities. Yeah, so um, there are an awful lot of issues that face students with disabilities. Um, we need to be we need to be honest about it. as good as yeah. people might let on there it is with oh well, should we have this should we have that that's very easy for people who are able-bodied to say um there's an awful lot of things that i'd like to do like even the other week i attended the disability awareness and inclusion training and i thought that was very good and there was a there was a sign language workshop as well after and it was i thought it was so interesting to be just able to sit down and talk to people and it was going through like what's the terminology that you use talking about people mm. with disabilities and like even simple things about mobility issues and how these affect people's everyday lives and how we can plan and organize things around that. So I'd like to be providing the disability awareness and inclusion training to clubs and societies at the start of the year and, um, and open it up to everybody more broadly, but I would be focusing that on clubs and societies to try and boost um, participation within those sectors of the college community. Um, as well as that, there was a subcommittee that was set up this year. Um, Trish was running it. She was um, very good. Trish is, <laughs> I love Trish, she's a legend. But um, this would be focusing on um, continuing on with the great work that has been undertaken this year and previous years to ensure physical access to campus. And um, there's so many things that don't work. The strings, the assistance strings and the toilets are cut an awful lot of the time. The little lifts that bring you up a few steps don't work. Or the lift that's outside and people are getting stuck in them. And these are things that uh, I myself have never had to use, but it's so frustrating that there's people who are paying 3,000 euro or even if they're not paying 3,000 euro they're still having to pay a student levy at the start of every year and then they're getting stuck on a lift that's not working for them like that's that's infuriating but um as well as that I myself I'm registered with the DSS um I wasn't aware until I was in Georgia that I actually do have some um some underlying educational uh needs so when I was going off to um get assessed for this I was told that it was a 400 euros fee for that now that really put a shiver down my spine so that actually discouraged me from ever even calling them back up they had to call me back up because I never called them back and being like where are you I says I can't afford this money so they were like oh well we'll try and work something out so in the end I was lucky that there was extra supports that were made available to me but it'd be making them supports available to everybody why is it that some people have to pay, some people don't have to pay, nobody should have to pay. We're training the best of the best in the country. We should have an educational psychologist who's here working in NUIG and ensuring that our students aren't facing any educational difficulties because if they don't learn now when they're in college, they might never get the opportunity or they might never even realise and they live their whole life without getting this very vital support and a very vital understanding of how they learn and how they communicate with the world around them because I know that it's actually changed the way that I interact with me studying things for example and it's changed the way that I try and learn um, as well as that um, I'd like to reduce the stigma that is around um, being with the DSS sometimes people are like oh my god Scarlett I'm with the DSS there's nothing to be Scarlett about everybody can go in there are people of all walks shapes and sizes go into the DSS so it's important that people don't feel like they can't go to the DSS or like somebody needs it more than them because we all need it equally. The support needs to be increased in the DSS. Um, 
as well as that, I'd like to have uh, some designated points. Uh, when you say reduce stigma, is there a particular plan or is that just a general goal? Um, um, I'd like to have a campaign. It's something that we were talking about this year, but however, I didn't really have much of an opportunity to go into it. As I've already said, 12 months goes by so quick. But um, it would be having like a video campaign with students. I am with the DSS and get like different students to talk about who they are, deal with the DSS, why are they with, the, well, maybe not why they're with the DSS, but I am, I am with the DSS just to put a face to the thing i'd put my name on it and only people who'd be passionate about or who'd want to put their name down you wouldn't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable but it'd be just like headshot my name is there and and i am registered with the dss do you know what i mean because sometimes just seeing somebody else's face and hearing their voice talking about something just goes do you know what geez that's great i'm not the only person who feels like that and again that's the whole thing about being approachable and making everybody feel like they're equal in the union I'm not above anybody else and nobody else is above me. We're all equal in this and we're all in this together. So how do we just talk to one another? Like we're normal people, as I, as I already said, because what is a normal person, isn't it? It's just somebody with a face and a voice that you just so happen to know. Mm. Um, another thing as well that I have down for uh, helping students with disabilities would be um, just ensuring that there's uh, disability friendly parking and as well as that increase in access to sanctuary rooms um, I'm aware that there was funding made available to make a sanctuary room available in the main library however I would be keen that there will be more access to this and that um, they will be building on this funding to put one available on north campus somewhere preferably um, because it's not good enough that students don't have anywhere to go and, um, and chill out sit down and have a bit of peace and quiet sometimes is what we all need you know what I mean and I think it's something that can be as well around the whole thing of reducing stigma it's something that all students can use well so long as we need to see what way they walk out I haven't finished the thing yet but so long as the thing's big enough and there's enough space that all students will be able to kind of go in see where it's all about and this is the thing breaking down stigma and making college more accessible for everyone uh, one thing I want to highlight as well is uh, you pay particular attention to ethnic minorities, in particular Traveller and Roma Gypsy uh, students. Uh, do you want to talk more about that? Because this is surprisingly unique in your campaign. Yeah, and to be honest, it's a bit, um, as I've already said, I, I haven't been. Yeah, it's a disheartening material. Said, I mean, yeah. Sorry, you go on. <laughs> oh no, Jesus, you're all right. I did the time. But um, as I've said, I haven't really been looking at other people's campaigns and just kind of more focused on what are the positives on my own campaign. But it is a bit disheartening to hear that I'm the only person who's been looking at these sort of issues. Um, I'm aware that I myself am not a member of an ethnic minority and nor do I claim to be. And I'm not here claiming to be some sort of saviour or anything like that. But what I want to do is create a working student. Uh, what I want to do is create a working group with students from ethnic minorities to talk about how do we actually increase representation from ethnic minorities in the union. As well as this, I'd like to provide unconscious bias training for staff and students, and I would be attending this myself, obviously, to see what is an unconscious bias and how do we walk around these sort of things? Because if you're not, as I always say, the first step to self-recovery is self-awareness. So if you're not conscious about something, how are you supposed to be self-aware and try and 
make yourself more approachable for everybody. I think that I'm the most approachable person in the world, but somebody else mightn't think that. Do you know what I mean? So it's more about how do I make myself more open? And um, it's, God, Jesus, sorry, keep on tripping up over my tongue. And um, as well as that, um, I'd like to increase the availability of the University of Sanctuary Scholarships. So this is something that has been getting worked on for the last few years, and it's something that uh, Claire Ostick, the previous president and um, welfare and quality officer, was working on during her time here. And that was um, to make sure that the university was recognised as a university of sanctuary. So what this is, is a place where... Um, it's a place where scholarships are given out to those in direct provision um, to allow them to attend university while they're here awaiting, um, awaiting their status. So, um, so far as I'm aware, there isn't a traveler and Roma Gypsy specific scholarships. And um, there should be. Why isn't there? There's only 164 travelers in the whole country have a degree. If the college was to give out five degrees or eight degrees, now I'm not good at maths off the top of my head, but that's 5% of all the people in the whole country that are travellers with a degree. It's something that's so simple and it's the best way that you can empower a community is to give them community leaders. Look what happened when uh, Martin Luther King got, an honor, uh, got a scholarship to undertake a doctorate in America. He went on to lead the civil rights movement we should be doing this in our university, giving the people the tools that they need to stay and feel supported in university, get people who aren't in university or who have difficulties accessing it into university and support them to be the best version of them that they can be because university is only the start of everything that comes after. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like we're doing a disservice to those from ethnic minorities if we're not bringing them into the conversation. Everybody talks about Black Lives Matter. Nobody talks about how are we ensuring that people from ethnic minorities are staying in college? How are we ensuring that they're being represented in the, un in the union? How are we ensuring that travelers and Roma gypsies who aren't black, their lives also matter? And how are we promoting this on a more broad setting and bringing the whole the whole talk about race and ethnicity and, and all of that from a hashtag in America to a more local and meaningful level here in NUIG for our students. Mm. There's so much more I want to talk about in regards to your campaign, but uh, we're pressed for time. So um, uh, a big uh, question has come up this campaign has been uh, the referendum on the levy. Um, do you have any position currently uh, on whether you're voting yes or no? for the referendum? Well, I'll be honest with you, so far as I'm aware, and so far as I've been told, and God, I'll be honest with you, right now, my mind is to vote yes. And if you read in through my manifesto, you can see why, especially down where it's pertaining to, to the Irish language. Um, it's something that I've passionately campaigned for this year is that three euro of the 140 euro levy would be ring fenced for um, the Irish language, for the promotion of the Irish language and culture in NUIG. This money could be put into things like providing more Irish language services for people, developing a language scheme for the union and, um, 
and sucks as well, like Sulf and the student union shop. This could be put into training the staff in these places to be proficient in Irish and provide services for people. This money can also be put towards providing a temporary social space for Irish language students on campus that's appropriate to arrange um, to arrange activities in because we don't have one of them at the moment, something like the hub. But um, to be honest, um, I've been hearing that there's opposition coming up towards that and I'd be keen to hear out what it was. Um, when I was in I was in a meeting the other day and there was talk about um, that all the money for Oris and Lane is all paid for externally from the university and the amount of money that um, the union is looking to reduce it to has been based on um, previous expenditure on maintenance and upkeep um, from freedom of information requests from the last few years. So, um, but in saying that, I am aware that there's concerns that the university is going to move to commodify student spaces on campus. And I've already had me tent out in the middle of the quadrangle sleeping out before to stop them from putting up the rent. And I'm telling you, I'll crack out my tent again in the middle of the college. If anybody tries to move in, be them RTE, I be them the college, I be them whoever it is. Up in, um, I know up in Talla, the students had a very good protest there a year or two ago where, their, um, where the university was refusing to provide funds for an administrator in the student union. And they had a sleep in in the middle of the building and they didn't leave until they said that they were going to put their money down and they're paying for this administrator. So I don't feel like, um, as well as that, there's a hundred euros that we'll be saving every year. I know myself as a working class student and somebody who gets the Susie, um, that 224 euro was always a big, big cost for me coming back to college. I don't have anybody to ask for money back up at home. So 224 euros, that's like, five or six weeks shopping it's more than five or six weeks shopping god i'm not good at maths off the top of my head i already told you but that's a, an awful lot of food that somebody could be buying with that and um i don't think that we should be allowing the university to be scaremongering us into not giving them 100 euro with them threatening to commodify our spaces at cut funding when in reality um the funding for our clubs and societies is being increased and the rsm Auckland fund will be enough to cover there um, will be enough to cover maintenance costs. But then again, I won't be making up my mind in its entirety until Monday and I hear out everybody else's thoughts and opinions on the matter because that's due process and we are a democratic organisation. So it's only fair that me as a current member of the exec waits to hear what the members of the union have to say regarding this. But um, for the reasons that I've already said, especially regarding the Irish language, I, I'm looking to be voting yes in the coming week, unless there's very good arguments made against it on Monday. But um, if this levy doesn't go through, though, it doesn't mean that we can't have another levy. We can always have another levy yeah. next year, or we can always amend it next year. Like, it, this is the student's levy. It's ours. It's student-owned money that's going into a pot for students. And um, there's nothing to say that we can't change it again. But I do think that it's high time that we stopped paying the Kingfisher. They're making a fortune off us there. The university owned that building and we pay for it. And then you need to pay more money on top of that again for membership. And to be honest, it's daylight robbery. The college is charging us money for a gym that they own, that somebody else is running 
like do you know what I mean? It's a it's a first up in UCD, you go in and they have UV lights over the swimming pool, so they don't need to put in as much chlorine for your skin. And here you need to pay eight euro to go in and use the swimming pool. Yeah, uh, the main criticisms come from socks themselves, not so much the university, um, who are seeing an increase but are fearful of the cut for our smuggling and how it will impede their ability to get spaces. And also, they weren't consulted on this increase that they were getting. Um, so even though they're getting increased, this is like the main push. They'd be the main ones who would say, we appreciate that the levy should be brought down, but they were consulted and mainly it's a threat to student access to spaces. Um, so hearing that and hearing you say um, uh, that you will still fight for this if there's a no vote. Uh, if there's no vote, would you just go for the 50% that was also um, brought up? Or would you say try and work in consultation more with societies and clubs in trying to reach a better deal for the levy reduction? Yeah, that's a very good question. So um, there has been working groups set up on this over the last few years. This isn't something that the union just pulled out of the bag in the last 12 months. It's something that uh, Claire has tried to bring in through Megan before them, um, Lorcan. Like this is a just a few years in the making. So, um, some of the consultations and such may have been a bit out of date. Um, of course, I I don't be running the process. I'm only a part time officer myself, so I only touch in with the union every now and then. But I would be very keen that we would have more people involved in the process, clubs, societies, anybody who the money's pertaining to. You don't. As my ma always told me, don't touch something if it doesn't concern you. When it came to what was going on with all of this, my main concern as Irish language officer was ensuring that there was funding put forward for that. So anything that happens with this, I'd be very keen that we would be having representatives of all the different sectors in the college community and see what do we want to put more money towards and what do we want to take money away from. The clubs and societies want more money. Do we want to keep our 150 euro instead of 140 euro? Do we want to set up a, a fund for period poverty? Do we want to set up a fund for um, scholarships for students who are on access schemes or something like this? Is the these are the opportunities that we're faced with. We don't just need to think, oh, it's student levy. That's only for for services or whatever. We can increase this to whatever we want, so long as we have them voices in the room and we make them feel empowered at the time that these decisions are being made. Okay. Um, and you said you're leading us at the moment, but you are open to be persuaded at the uh, debate um, taking place the day after this interview. Um, so just for the people who are listening to this one, it's released on Tuesday. Where can they find you to see if maybe you have the same position or if you change your mind? Where is your social media presence really? Oh, you can find me at Aaron for Welfare on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I'm looking to get a TikTok set up. And um, yeah, oh, as well, I have a link tree. My link tree is linktr.ee forward slash Aaron for Welfare. And that's number four, Aaron, number four, Welfare, yeah. Yeah, number four, yeah, I probably should have said that. Yeah, cool. Uh, and I guess that's it. Thanks for coming on, Aaron. All right, Grand Jet. Yeah, that's now about it. Thanks very much. And uh, it was lovely talking to you. And remember, it's clear, vote mocking too. <laughs> Cheers. 
Have your voice heard in this year's SU elections. Voting for the full-time officers takes place from 9am to 9pm this Thursday the 22nd of April and you can register your vote on su.nuigalway.ie. Cora Clark for Welfare. Uh, welcome to Radio Sock. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. No bother. Um, uh, so yeah, you're running for Welfare and Equality. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself first? We're basically going to like go through your manifesto in audio form. Yeah. Um, maybe bring up stuff. So let's start about like who you are and what you've done. So uh, my name is Cora Clark. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. I'm from Galway and I am currently in my second year of history and globalization studies here at NUIG. Um, I'm incredibly passionate about welfare and equality issues in our university community. And I want to make NUIG a welcoming and safe environment for students from all different types of backgrounds, um, races, religions, sexualities, etc. To create a strong and diverse student body. So I guess uh, to run off this, what made you actually want to run for this position specifically? Yeah, so um, I decided to run for this role because I have experienced how difficult university can be when your welfare is compromised, um, whether that's due to mental health issues, student poverty, homelessness, any number of things. Um, there, and I now feel that I am lucky and like privileged enough um, to be in a position to help other students who might be struggling. I, I feel like in the last year with everything that's happened with COVID and the government and third level students just being left behind, my commitment to welfare and equality issues have just been exacerbated. Um, and I just want to advocate for and support students and give them the best university experience possible. And uh, working with Student Union, how how was your experience with student union so far as a student before this point? Yeah, so I've um I was a class rep this year, which was really enjoyable. I have quite a small class, so it wasn't too big a job though. Um, but the um class rep councils and the forums for class reps to interact with the union have been really, really useful for me um personally and for my class. But um, they've also given me a chance to see how the union works. Um, I've also attended USI Congress this year, um, which gave me even further insight into how the union works. Um, and I've participated a lot in uh, SU events this year. I, since deciding to run in November-ish, I have attended um, 101 different events and talks uh, in an attempt to prepare myself as well as I can for the role, stuff like... Uh, Shasu is bystander training, uh, anti-racism workshops, ahead disability awareness training, that sort of thing. Going on to your manifesto proper now, uh, you list like a, a number of key issues. Um, the first one you list here would be um, mental health. Um, so as part of this, you say you want to bring up, you want to like go forward to like awareness campaigns. Um, is this more of like continuing the student union's past campaigns um, as they have been handled out? Or do you want to bring something new to like change it up and bring more students in? Um, definitely uh, building off what the SU have already achieved. I would like to bring definitely more students in, especially when it comes to suicide prevention. I think this is really, really important because so many students who might be um, struggling with suicidal ideation or suicidal tendencies 
find it very, very difficult and scary to reach out. So to the best of my ability, I would like to come to them. I would like to make it easier for them to reach out because we're already there. You know what I mean? Um, so as far as campaigns go, um, I definitely want to build off what the SU have already done, but bring a whole new uh, level of accessibility for students. And are there any specifics in how you could upgrade it, I guess? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> obviously um, I don't have a full uh, plan yet, but um, if elected, I would definitely uh, like make it part of people's courses, um, make it available through clubs, societies, um, sort of have, a, this is if we're physically on campus, of course, um, but if, um, you know, if people are in salt, uh, I wanna have leaflets, I wanna have things there, like events around awareness in the hub, in, in Soxbox, you know, really, really just a, very big presence with mental health um, supports. Um, you're also tied to this, like basically in the same mental health thing uh, you mentioned for well-being. Uh, there's actually a good idea here, like having events on weekends. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oops, sorry, I froze. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, uh, events on weekends, I think, would be really, really helpful for international students as well as a huge cohort of other students. But um, this is something that I did kind of have in mind for uh, any students who are like sort of um, socially isolated by being away from home or for any other reason um, and I think event more events over the weekend would sort of allow people to make college like their whole life rather than just Monday to Friday <laughs> um, which mm -hmm. if they want that is a great thing. I know talking to Erasmus students in the past they said like Friday night is like the night they get on their own so they have like a more tight-knit group than they would with the rest of the student body, which mm. is nice for building a community. Yeah, exactly. Um, you also mentioned bringing up uh, workshops. Um, is there a new thing you want to try to reach more people or is this again, continuing and building on what the SU has done before? Um, so as far as workshops go, um, I really want to run um, a larger amount um, of workshops and more frequent. Uh, and obviously these would all be free um, because that's really important to students. But um, uh, for workshops, yeah, the, um, it's really important that they create safe spaces. And I think um, the SU have done an amazing job in what they've done so far, but I do want to expand the program. You know, I want, um, I think there's a really common issue of let's say consent workshops or um, sexual education workshops they're not reaching the people that actually need them. You know, the people who are really, really willing to learn consent and really want to are usually the people who already know quite a lot about it. Um, so I'd really like to reach the wider student body with them. Uh, how are you planning on making it really appeal to them? Like what would be, what would be different to what the SU has already done in that aspect? Well, I suppose, um, uh, this is open to any suggestion if anyone has anything no but um I would really like to make it um uh probably offer some sort of reward maybe entered into some sort of raffle I know um I saw on Roshan McLaughlin's um uh manifesto something about consent programs giving you an extra few credits um so mm -hmm. that's an idea that's floating around um I think there's many ways to make it more um 
uh, appealing to students, but um, definitely uh, incentive in the form of uh, maybe points on your SU card or something like that is usually the way to go. Mm -hmm. no, that makes sense. Very I, think, I think Roshin also mentioned for like wellness modeling that like uh, on the annual EGF, it'd be like the COVID check-in for checking in on like mental health as well. Mm, yeah, uh, which I think is a really mm -hmm. good idea. Yeah, so I guess if you and her are put together, you can make a great team. <laughs> Oh, um, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. uh, you also go down to like uh, drugs and alcohol and your main focus here seems to be about reintroduction after the year it's been. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to go into more detail on that? Um, yeah. So this is something that's very, very important to me. Um, I think every student can see um, without going too far out of their friend group, someone who's been significantly harmed by drugs or alcohol, whether that's their mental well-being or their physical well-being. Um, it's really, really important that there's more awareness around it, especially, um, as I say in the manifesto, and as you said, that uh, <laughs> after the year it's been, I do sort of anticipate people going a wee bit crazy when things open up, um, which is only to be expected. But um, I think it's really important that we are providing the right information and the right education um, to protect students and really <sighs> spread awareness um, that it, and like, have maturity on the topic because I think a lot of uh, younger people are like when the topic or not the topics when the education comes from someone who's older maybe um like from your mama or your dad you're like you're not cool no <laughs> but um no but the um for, this is why it's so important that the information comes from non-judgmental sources so that we can be a trusted uh, wealth of information about drugs and alcohol and about the risks. That's good. Mm, yeah, um, that's moving good. on to answers uh, and particularly accommodation. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned you want to like educate students on their right as tenants to stop exploitation by landlords. Uh, again, yeah. is there a specific uh, way for this? So this is a tricky one because so many students, and I think we all know this, are renting from landlords that aren't actually registered. Um, so it's very cash in hand. It's all very um, under the table, which makes everything really, really tricky. But because um, you don't have like a formal agreement, you might not have signed a formal lease or a lease that has legal standing. Um, but to educate students on their rights as tenants, um, so this would be probably uh, leaflets and um, leaflets and programs and workshops about this because I do think it's really important that students are living in livable homes. Like there's so much um, mold and faulty wiring. I don't know, but like the the list goes on of issues in accommodation and it's so, so expensive. So if your budget is on the slightly lower side, i.e. normal, um, the uh, you're not going to be able to afford this luxury home for 300 euro a week. You know what I mean? It's absolutely ridiculous. So I think um, teaching students about their rights as tenants would hopefully allow them to have a better standing and be able to stand up for themselves, even if it's only... Um, even if it's only them being able to say, no, you have to give us three days warning before you call around, Mr. Landlord, you know, um, it just a little mm -hmm. bit of safety and comfort in their home is 
I think would make students a lot more comfortable. The SU has always been talking about the whole doing away with repeat fees. and Yeah, yeah, I definitely do not believe in the repeat fee. I don't think, well, I believe in it. I know it exists, but um, <laughs> no, I um, I just think it is the most ridiculous concept I have ever come across in my life. Like, um, especially the extortionate rate at which we are charged to repeat. And um. I, I know in past years when we were on campus, it's been uh, from the university management, it's been, well, we need that money to pay uh, people to, what do you call them? Invigilators, the word escaped me, but um, um, for the paper and for the lighting and for the room and all that sort of thing. But in the last year, we have clearly seen that um, even when you're sitting in your own bedroom using your own laptop and your own Wi-Fi and not being invigilated, um, they're still going to charge you that amount, which makes me seriously question their motives for charging us that um and I think it would make a lot of other students question their motives so getting rid of the repeat fee um scrapping it or reducing it significantly is a top priority of mine definitely so I guess on that topic uh the current referendum coming up uh there's a bit of division uh between societies and uh SU it feels where would you stand on the topic currently as a yes or so, no vote or on against at the time of filming this we are recording it i mean we have not um had the information night that uh, will take place so i just want to preface this with i am open yeah, to yeah. changing my mind it's coming, it's coming out on tuesday but um we are recording this sunday yeah yeah so um so having said that, um, I am in favour of the reduction to, of the levy as it is proposed. Um, however, I do think it is um, necessary that uh, following a possible yes vote in the referendum, there are like some supplementary uh, actions that need to be taken um, to make sure that it has the right impact and is uh, sort of effective in the way that we want it to be. So um, first of all, scrapping the 100 quid for the sports centre, so in favour of that. No one will change my mind. <laughs> um, no, but um, I think, I definitely think that the loss of funding for the student project fund is a shame um, and should be, should be made up for, the loss of funds should be made up for but from the university central funding, in my opinion. Um, there's plenty of it there there is and um the student project fund does fund so many important projects um and i am actually really excited about the proposed funding um that is allocated for came and guelga um i think it's so exciting because i didn't have came in any of my subjects when i was in first year and a lot of my friends would be like oh i was so confused but then i went to came and my life completely changed like it got so much better everything's perfect now and i didn't have came available in my subject so the expansion of that program is really exciting and um for guelga as well like as our our status as a bilingual university is so important and i definitely think we can do more to have earned it so um the proposed funding for them is really exciting I, oh yeah, I am definitely open to hearing other people's perspectives on this because I understand it is a very divisive, very contentious issue. Um, so yeah. I'm, and as I said, we haven't had the information evening, so I'm not uh, very solid in my yes, but that's where I'm at at the minute. <laughs> and if a, a no vote comes through, uh, what do you think your next course of action will be? In I think the first next step would be to take on board all the issues that students have 
raised about the proposed funding cuts and come up with a new proposal that um, kind of addresses these issues and hopefully would make a lot more students happy because I do think like the levy needs to come down because A, it's the second highest one in the country without the same um, benefits that let's say uh, other universities paying or university students paying a levy do receive. But uh, so it is a barrier to education because you can't even apply for the financial aid fund until you have paid your levy. So it definitely needs to come down. And I understand that there is disagreement over how exactly that should be done. But so if, if elected and, you know, I was it, it was a no vote on the day, I think the next step would just be to have a lot of working groups um, with many different students, societies, clubs, everyone. Everyone needs to have a say as we're going to do in the referendum and um, come up with something that suits us better. Yeah, I think the biggest criticism from this referendum is that the societies and the rest of parties involved feel there was no consultation. Um, even yeah. the ones who were getting funding, except for really the ones that are student union like came. Yeah. Um, so I think I, more consultation, if no vote comes through, would be the best bet. Yeah, I've heard that all right. So um I definitely think because I think I think the pretty much what I've seen, the consensus is yes, we want to um lower the level levy, uh just not in this way. So we just would need the the next step would just to be to find a different way. As a welfare president or welfare vice president, uh your main point would be this like talking to students who may have worries. Um, so it's natural that you would have um, points in your manifesto dedicated towards making sure students who are uh, minorities can uh, trust you and approach you. Mm -hmm. um, so so students with disabilities, um, if, if anyone listening to this hasn't read my manifesto, I have three sections on that page, which is learning supports, awareness and physical supports. Having spoken to the SU disability officer, um, the, uh, the physical supports on our campus, um, obviously I'm an able-bodied person, so I would not fully realise the impacts and the downfalls of the physical supports on campus. Having now spoken to some um, the SU disability officer, I now understand and I think it is a disgrace. Um, I, I don't even understand how we've gotten into this situation in some cases. Um, there's an indoor lift that's been um, installed outdoor. Oh, well, people are thinking sometimes, but anyways, so that's, um, I just want uh, students with disabilities to know that they can come to me, that I am here and I'm going to fight for them whether elected or not I after all the research I have put into the manifesto I've become so um enthralled into the topics that I I'm going to be advocating whether elected or not so for LGBTQIA plus um I think we've seen in the last few months that uh, homophobia is definitely prevalent on campus um yeah. and I, I think that, that is unacceptable so which was, I now understand to be naive of me. I did not think we would have to say this in 2021, but homophobia has no place on our campus and it has no place in our lives. So um, for LGBTQIA plus students, I think it's really important. One of the points I have is um, to review the university's policy on homophobic behavior and language and bullying because, and this can be done in conjunction with hopefully Broadsock and, or LGBT plus officer and, you know, a variety of any students who wanted to get involved because 
it's important that every group on campus feels safe. It's well, it's not it's not important. It's vital that every group on mm. campus feels safe. So that's really important to me. Uh, you also appear on information pamphlets on how to like change your name and gender, mm. uh, access boards for trans healthcare. Trans healthcare in Ireland, as I'm sure a lot of people are aware, is an absolute abomination, disgrace. It is not good enough. It is not sufficient. And that is um, one thing that I would really like to lobby for on a national level. Um, I think so many trans people, trans Irish people have to travel abroad to seek the healthcare that they need, which like, it's just awful. It's just terrible. I cannot emphasize how just awful that is enough. But um, so that's another thing that I'd really like to lobby and campaign for, but the providing like really easy access information on how to change your name and gender is really important because a lot of students, not all students, but a lot of students will have um, left home for the first time and there is a good enough chance that they might not have had the opportunity to do that at home. Um, so, and providing that information in like a very accessible way is important to make that process as easy as possible. So Erasmus students, I think there's a risk of them feeling uh, lonely. I also, that's for incoming Erasmus students outgoing Erasmus students so the ones we send off to their various locations and um, I have personally uh, gone through some of uh, some of the Erasmus process uh, in NUIG and it's I, I have to say you're left with very little information uh, the guidance and this is not blaming any individual lecturer or anything it's just a system that is not working um, I have to say when I tried to do mine uh just an absolute mess of a situation so I know that outgoing Erasmus students as well would like be in need and probably appreciate um, support from the SU in a sorting that system out to make it a much easier thing and also um, making sure that they're getting on okay um, over abroad because it can be a really scary thing they might not have made many friends you know they're away from home it's it's it is a scary thing so I think checking in with Erasmus students is also a important thing to do. I see you have a point here on uh, Erasmus, uh, not Erasmus, uh, environment um, mm. what would be your plans for helping out with that then? So obviously I like I don't think I have to tell the student body that the environment is begging us to help um, and also sustainability and the environment is something that is very personally important to me um, so I'm completely on board with um, what a lot of candidates have in their manifesto I can't claim this to be an original idea but um, you know we're all kind of on board for having a single like getting rid of single-use plastics on campus um, which is obviously so important because that is a huge contributor to um, waste and that sort of thing so we've already already seen the SU do keep cups and that sort of thing um so as I say not not my original idea there but um also um something that I would be in really interested in doing and would like it would be top priority really when I if sorry if I first get elected um would be um to ask for a statement of sustainable sourcing from all suppliers of both the SU and SU businesses and services and NUIG um because um we're looking for our our, our sustainable sustainability goal sorry is um is kind of due for its culmination in 2030 which is really not that far away so 
if we want to reach it, we we need to start working on it um, very actively now. So um, having materials that are sustain sustainably sourced um, is really important to that. And also, um, I like realistically, if this goal wants to be achieved, we need to start retrofitting the buildings to have lower carbon emissions because at the minute, you know, they, they, they do have high carbon emissions and it is contributing to uh, damaging the world around us, which is obviously just awful. So yeah, that's uh, what I want to do for the environment. Well, some of the things I'd like to do for the environment. Sounds yeah. good. Um, so where can we find you now that you're not on the concourse bothering me as I walk by? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Core for Welfare. Um, the link in each of my bios will take you to my manifesto and there's loads of content there that explains each point and stuff. Um, and if anyone is in Galway um, and within five, or no, you can travel in your county now never mind if anyone's in Galway County um I will be on uh, campus next week with signs and leaflets and stuff but obviously um we will be doing this in a COVID safe way so that's where you'll find me for the next week <laughs> um yeah that's great cheers thanks <laughs> thanks very much for going on thanks for having me have your voice heard in this year's SU elections. Voting for the full-time officers takes place from 9am to 9pm this Thursday the 22nd of April and you can register your vote on su.nuigalway.ie. Hi Connor. How are you getting on? Not too bad yourself. So how are you getting on? Um... Yeah, feeling all right now, feeling good. It's, uh, I think it's been going all right so far. So um, seeing lots of enthusiasm and people, you know, back at me and people I never thought or never knew or never even came across and messaging me saying, like, I like what you're doing. So that's that's what you want to see, isn't it? Yeah, that's always yeah. a positive. So you are Connor McWalters and you are running for SU Welfare Officer this year. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Connor, and what your course you're studying and why you decide to go out for SU? Um, so I'm 21 years old. Uh, I'm from Letterkenny in Donegal and I'm a final year student. So that's um, four years, four years now in NUG studying Applied Social Sciences, which is in the School of Arts. Um, it's oh. basically quite like, uh, kind of like uh, arts with geography and South and Paul, but then had a placement and stuff like that last year. So um, that's, I suppose, the background to me. Um, I want to get involved. You're asking. Um, I suppose I want to get involved because I wanted to make a change. Um, so I've seen enough now, in kind of four years, to think that there's a, an enthusiasm and a need for it. Um, nothing radical, and you know, no vast promises, but uh, definitely you know, realistic and tangible efforts to improve student life is what I'd be working towards. I'm never going to achieve everything that I set out to and um, just have to be realistic about that and you know we're not going into the doll here it's a, it's a student union it's about representing students and that's all that I really care about I don't I'm already getting a bit of grief from people who took issue with things the small amount of things that I've said and like what bother. if you um, want to be asking I said that I was going to you know take politics out of the student union I said I wasn't going to have any political agendas not affiliated to any parties um and fair enough, people are entitled to their opinions. My opinion was that on a grassroots level, which is what I'm 
seeking to work on and what mm -hmm. people are asking me to work on when I talk to them. All these officers and societies and everything, they're saying just basic grassroots issues on the ground level. Um, that's what I'm working towards. I'm not going to tell you I'm going to abolish fees and pay you for what, for, I don't know, free food on campus and stuff as much as nice as that would be. I don't, I can't deliver that. So You're I'm not taking a realistic approach, basically. I would like to think so. And people, I, what's come back, you know, people are saying, oh, you need to be ambitious. And I'm ambitious to a point, but there needs to be a, a realistic mindset involved as well. And look, I know that people, it's, I know people have said like, oh, you do need to be really ambitious in, in this, but I want to be ambitious and I want to do as best as I possibly can. But there is a, there's um, a limit to the remit of the job, I would say, if I were to be elected and I would work within that. Yeah, I say you're looking at this coming like a, looking at past past elections. For example, I can't, I can count on more than one hand. Um, amount of candidates I've seen promised you get the reading room open 24 hours uh yeah many years and no one has really delivered on that so I guess you're are there any other examples that you see in past elections or in the student union as a whole where you feel maybe they extended their promises too far um that made you want to have more ground roots more basic uh campaign yeah look I suppose the stuff about abolishing fees I've seen a candidate or two mention that um I just don't think it's possible. I think, yeah, that if, that if you had a completely new government in the doll and you had agreements in place, maybe. But, I mean, that's just one example. Um, off the top of my head, I'm sure there are many more. Um, but I'm kind of sticking to what I'm bringing forward rather than what others are proposing at the minute, too. It's, I've just seen manifestos. And there's an awful lot of people with good stuff. I don't want to be talking about other candidates. I, I mean, obviously, I'll, obviously, I'll discuss any issues that, that they may have. But for me, it's about uh, delivering for students and uh, having them at the forefront. That's a that's a good way of looking at it. In fairness, um, what aim like what would you be aiming to do as a welfare officer? Yeah. Is there any things that kind of come to mind? Like you're talking about grassroots issues that you've been hearing from societies. Um, like what kind of ideas would you be having? What 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 I like to implement, I suppose. Yeah, as a welfare officer, yeah. given yeah, all so the grassroots issues you're talking about. Yeah, just things like more mental health supports, more support for students, uh, particularly those off campus who are on placement. Is one that I experienced myself having been away on placement last year. I've spoken to various officers, things like more support for postgrad students, support for postgrad students who didn't do an undergraduate is a big one because they're treated like they've been here before, but then they come in and they don't know the lay of the land at all. Mm -hmm. um, suppose exam reforms one, not you know abolishing repeat fees, uh, full stop, but things like um, not having uh, two exams in one day not having an exam at 4.30 on one day and then 9.30 the next morning because you may as well just have had the two on the one day. It's uh, mm -hmm. things that, like, this is what I'm hearing. People, most of my policies I've formulated, obviously you have them in your mind as well, but then other people, when I'm asking, even just friends are saying like, oh yeah, like it's just this here. And specifically a friend of mine saying like, works really hard all year uh, in commerce. And then he has maybe four exams in three days or, for example, even in four days, and he just says I don't perform to my best ability as a result. And it's not like I believe that NUAG are setting students up to fail, but that's what tends to happen because you don't perform as well in the last exam as maybe you will in the first or second. So. Um, I guess another tangent question is, uh, uh, have you been, have you had any experience with the student union before? 
um, or just like your first foray into this uh, field? <laughs> I suppose foray is a good word for it, yeah. Um, no, this is my first kind of, uh, I was trying to outdo you and think of a better word than foray, but I can't. Um, I suppose, no, I haven't been involved before, but to be honest, I, I don't know many people that have. Um, I was, I don't want to say surprised, but I was encouraged by the amount of great people involved in societies. Um, I know obviously yours is a society, but I haven't really been chatting to you, but there's a lot of societies and the work that they do is magnificent. Um, just for students, like I came to Galway, and I, a lot of my friends from school also came, so it was never a case that I had never any friends and stuff, or didn't know people, and I'm not, you know, particularly shy in that anyway, so uh, for for students, you know, especially ones that come from places where not many people go to NUIG, I think societies are terrific. Yeah. Um. So I can't even remember exactly what your question was, and I'd like to answer it. Uh, sorry about that, uh, Kieran. What was the the question? Uh, I was wondering if you had ever had experience with maybe student oh, right. student unions. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah. This. you did answer it in fairness. But, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's all right. Well, no, I haven't. Um, I haven't. But uh, to be honest, I think that. Uh, uh, represent a change of direction and something different um, and I believe in myself that that is needed I know that might be something that certain individuals who are already involved might take to heart but if I get if I were to be elected I'd be working with these people every day yeah I'd be working with societies officers part-time officers mm-hmm. so um, for me it's just about working you know as I said in my student first agenda it's all about students um, putting them first above all and, and fighting their corner, uh, even for the students who don't even know that the student union can do anything for them, even for, I suppose, students who've never felt represented before. It's about time that I think that, I think the student union should be the most kind of to the forefront and most normalising in the world. I've always thought that, you know, I know this, you know, stuff like student union shop and salt and all are, are great things and, and obviously Iris and Maclean and all, but I don't know, I feel like there could definitely be a bit more engagement and make the student union the thing that everybody gets involved in events that they're just the most, you know, mainstream thing in the world. I don't know, I think that'd be a good thing. It's not very manifesto, but it's what I've thought about as well. Yeah, it's been mentioned before that um, some people have said that it seems with the SU that it's really disconnected between the people who are on the union and the students and it, that it's very hard to kind of feel like you're actually involved in it that it's really a separate entity to you all together and how how would you feel you could help change that perception well I think just by virtue of being somebody who's from the outside and people seeing that I've not been a part of before that if I can get involved anybody can I think mm. that that's one way of looking at certain this putting the students above uh the politics kind of idea and you as you mentioned you got a lot of flack for saying you don't want to bring political parties into it um i guess the reason you get a lot of flack for that is because it seems very fake so while i may interpret it as you saying you don't want to bring like literal political parties which makes you question where have political parties been involved in the su Um, people might say oh you just want to bring politics to it and then they project their own ideas onto what your idea of politics might be. So I guess yeah. I need you just to define more precisely what you mean by do not bring politics into uh, this. Well, I suppose not just political parties, but political agendas and even personal agendas. Um, I know for a fact, and I know that there are societies on campus who are ignored because either their auditor or they themselves as a whole don't conform to the ideologies of say an officer or the greater student union um, kind of mind as such. That would be my view on it. I think everybody deserves a fair crack in the whip. 
to a point. Everybody deserves a, a fair hearing to like you can look into it if you want to like, get literally never not part of any parties, nothing like that there. Like and yeah, as I said, I do know that in the past individuals have been had had have had good policies um neglected and they feel and they've come to me and with the evidence that they've given me, I'd agree, and it was because of political use. Um so I guess one question we have to ask everyone is um what would your opinion be around the upcoming referendum on the student levy? Uh, good. Um, look, I may as well be honest with everybody, and hopefully it comes across as such, is that I initially uh, thought, oh, Jesus, would be great you know, reduce the, the amount of money that students have to pay beyond the, the 3000 Um I, It's obviously reduced. Is it 240 to 100 uh, I can't. Sorry, I can't even remember the exact figure. My mind's gone blank. I suppose that's not the the, the, the question at hand. Is what's two? It's a difference of two hundred twenty-four euro to one forty. So one forty. I had, the, yeah. had them somewhere in there. Now. Yeah. Um, look, I initially was a guy. This would be great. Um, thought about it. Looked into it. Have had people lobby me. Have had a PowerPoint presentation from the Gardens Union. Um, I'm undecided. By Monday or Tuesday next week, I will have formulated my final view. Um, unlike most of the candidates, and unlike most of the candidates, I'm probably leaning towards no at the minute. I feel mm-hmm. that the worries among the societies are vast. Yeah, and as I said, I'm not going to commit to a yes or no at the minute, but at the minute, I'm certainly thinking about the no side. There's a lot more to it, but at the same time, it's so hard to justify to students who aren't informed on the issue, me saying, oh yeah, I think you should still be paying this amount. I know that this, the anyway guy proposed half and uh, or they, they proposed to meet in the middle, but that was rejected as well. I don't know if, if, if a lot of people know that. Um, but yeah, look, I'm leaning towards no. But by Monday or Tuesday, I think on Monday there's some sort of a debate on on Zoom, um, which I'll be looking into. I, I see people coming to me saying, "Oh, like the, this is this is strange. They're you know taking two hundred and fifty grand from one source and giving it to the student union, and how can they justify that?" And I'm here talking about new officers and stuff. But to be honest, I haven't finally formulated my view on that. I'm working on a manifesto for the last couple of days. Well, obviously more than the last couple of days, but um, I'm not one hundred percent sure. I'm leading no, but I'm open to. My mind being changed, certainly. Okay. Um, this podcast will be going out uh, either Monday evening, Tuesday morning, hopefully. Um, so I guess by then your opinion will be out. Uh, people can find you, I guess, on Instagram, or is there any other place they can find you? Um, no, I'm sick on Instagram. I'm not too keen on Twitter yeah. and some of the abuse that people can yeah, smart and, and the uh, yeah. I, I used to have a Twitter account and I saw that I was a Twitter account that I haven't used. It was never used from 2015, it was tagged whenever they were telling me to. So I don't know. I'm not on Twitter anymore. Um, I used to like it, but whenever you're in a position in which you're open to having shots taken at you, I just uh, it's easier not to. People can come and comment on my Instagram page all they want, and they have been, and I welcome that. I like a discussion. Um, but not Twitter isn't the place that I'll be using. Uh, I had set up a account, but I just deleted it. I wasn't keen on it. Um, well, that's it's, fair. That's fair. A lot of another person actually said that to us that it is has because everything's been moved online. Like you know, traditionally you would have all been in the concourse, you know, hand out flyers and to actually interact with people. But because it's online, people have gotten a new. I don't want to say confidence because it's really not the right word, but it's you know to be able to just fly a comment at you because you can't see them, and it's become definitely a different sort of uh, campaign trail this year. Yeah, it's it's. I suppose you know, even the past, the, the last year and a bit, like I think people are spending more time on social media than ever before, and um, 
yeah, you can definitely see the negative side to that. And like, I mean, uh, fair enough. There's people who are running the campaign and they have their big followings on Twitter already, so they may as well stick to it. That's mm-hmm. absolutely up to them. Um, and some of them tweet a lot and you know have good connections from it, I suppose. But I never have, and I, I don't know. I don't like tweeting. I think I'd rather be able to just make a nice poster and uh, or a nice set of viewpoints and have people if they want to chat to me dm me and like because i get a lot of dms on instagram from it it's surprising i think i'm great with all the engagement like people agreeing and they all want to disagree too which is always nice hopefully you can change their mindset yeah yeah at least you like like you said with the with the twitter thing i I always find the worst thing about twitter is you always really want to say something the end but it ends up (laughs) coming up oh you don't have enough characters and you're like yeah (laughs) i would literally rather write a post that has like words in like 10 yeah and even the point across the the comment feature on instagram's good like a few opposing views have commented and i'm happy to reply to them so yeah Mm. so that's That's kind of a welfare that's not the number that's spelled out connor for welfare um i was wondering actually there's been a lot of kind of talk this year about students feeling abandoned because obviously we're online and we've become really the scapegoat for you know it's the students fault that we're in the situation we're in and students are like really are getting the back end of it even though we're we're the backbone of a lot of you know the people on the front line as well with student nurses not getting paid the whole the whole works um how do you respond to the to the students feeling abandoned and what do you think you can bring as welfare officer to this upcoming year to make people feel more like they're being heard and they're being engaged with even if we are online yeah well hopefully and i don't know what the plans are because i've nearly stopped looking at the news these days because there's so much bad news but hopefully we'll, we'll, there will be some on-campus element hopefully. you said students have been used as scapegoats I agree um I know for I think it was you know one of the first days the students were back maybe it was just the first years were back and there was a big crowd down at the Spanish Arch yeah. and uh I was told by a taxi driver um I think it was shortly after in the coming weeks after that I think it was whenever the pubs were open and I was in the taxi and he said that there were crowds there all summer um, yeah. But the, the local politicians capitalised on the fact that it was the students from out of town that were back. Um, and I thought that that was abhorrent, really. And I don't know, hopefully he doesn't hear this, because there's a local politician who really just stood there and was recording it. And whatever, he would have seen this all summer. Um, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have even bothered because you don't want these people coming after you with their big political machines and that. But um yeah, I think the students have been using scapegoats. I think it's been the toughest year I've ever had anyway, uh, studying yeah. online. Like you'd think, you, uh, first semester I was like, oh, Jesus, what else would you be doing than studying? Sure, like if you're always at the house, but now it's just like, Jesus, it's difficult to even open a laptop and, and, you know, go for it. And you can't go up to a lecture at the end of, of, a, of a lecture. And I suppose what I would do is just try and engage as much as possible to improve this. Um, if there's if next year things will be uh, hopefully there'll be a case of blended learning I, I know that I've talked to a few officers and class reps and they're kind of saying like there's some lectures who are so great and give us everything that we could possibly need at this time and then there are others who just aren't mm-hmm. doing the same thing and I suppose it's about you know really pressing and you know connecting with the likes of class reps because they're the the kind of the a good go-between as such between the lecturers and the students and That'd be probably the best thing to do would be have the likes of class reps really have their views really, really uh, uh, 
projected and listened to and taken on board for me. It's the class reps, part-time officers and the societies are what keep things, you know, keep student engagement at what it is. And mm-hmm. obviously that can always be improved. Um, so if people were sitting back now after listening to this, when it comes out going, okay, so I like what he's saying, but why should I vote for Connor for welfare? What would you say to that? Um, I'd hope that me uh, being on here and engaging and getting my points of view across would encourage you to vote for me. But why specifically should you vote for me? I would say that I'm a change of direction, something different, something new. I don't have any people on the inside or political allies as such. I feel like I have nobody to keep happy except the students. And that would be my at the forefront of everything that I would be working towards would be the students. Mm-hmm. Uh, the student first agenda, everything else put to the side engage with everybody and everyone who needs my support and help and you know make energy a better campus for everyone um that'll be it really sounds like a good answer people can contact you and see you on instagram on connor for welfare and you everyone can get in contact with you if they have any queries oh 100 yeah anything um, at all get in touch with me you want or to get behind you email anything at all i'm sure it's not too hard to find it so yeah yeah that's Class. it well, um, Connor, we wish you the best of luck. Uh, this Thank you, great. Lisa. It's been really interesting. And yeah, we... I hope I haven't bored you for the last 22 no, minutes. No, anyway. no, 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 honestly, it's it's actually, it's really nice to get different people's points yeah, of view. Because uh, maybe I'm not much of a politician. I say things, I go too far and say too many things. But you know yourself, that's not what I'm aiming for. It's about representing students. So <laughs> sometimes it's better to be blunt as well. I, I yeah, think yeah, there's no harm in that too. But you know, it's not even on purpose. It's just, I just do it. Today. But that's just the way and that's yeah look um hopefully i can back that up that's what that's all you can ask for yeah well hopefully uh people get behind you now connor and yeah it's been it's been a blast having you on radio thank thank you very much much. and thanks for having a society doing so much and getting involved it's great no bother (laughs) all right Um, thank you sure have a nice day anyway and enjoy the good weather all right will do good stuff see you later bye-bye As well as the election of full-time officers on Thursday the 22nd of April, there will also be a referendum on reducing the student levy. As a society, we have decided to release a statement on this referendum and the proposed reduction of the student levy, as delivered by our treasurer, Kieran Donoghue. On Thursday the 22nd of April, NUIG students will be asked to vote on a proposal to reform the distribution of the student levy. A vote yes will see the levy reduced, with the breakdown of the levy changing within it while some services such as societies and clubs and the student union itself see an increase in funding from this change. Other services like Arsenal Mocklane and the Student Projects Fund will see a drastic decrease. While we welcome the positive impact the reduction of the student levy will have on students and the benefits seen in the inclusion of funding for services like CAME in the proposal, the impact a redistribution of funds for student services is of major concern. As mentioned, the proposed reform sees a reduction in funding to the Arsenal Mocklane and Student Projects Funds. They both would each see a reduction of €14.23 per student, resulting in a loss of approximately €231,949 in funding overall per year. In terms of ours, this funding is responsible for the maintenance of the building, as well as improvements such as parent and baby room, renovation of the hub, the salt remodel, development of Shannon College student space, and in particular to Radio Sock, the redesigned acoustic rooms, the band room, the recording studio, and so many other projects. It is thanks to RS Fund that these spaces and equipment are free to use by the students. The student union has said that the proposed changes still cover the cost of maintenance. 
The University Society's coordinating group is skeptical of this claim, stating, quote, this will force all student services that are located there to seek additional fund external funding to ensure the availability and maintenance of key resources slash spaces for societies and students. The alternative source of this funding is likely to be more corporate events held in Arsenal Machlein, which actively takes power away from the students' hands. End quote. Corporate events usually take place over multiple days and are often ticketed events, so students lose access to the entire building for extended periods of time. Large multi-day events such as Interversities, Akumacon, The Relay for Life, and even regular society events booked in the RS are at risk with this proposal. The Student Projects Fund, meanwhile, has contributed to many NUIG initiatives. The Student Resilience Project, STI screenings and mental health support in the health unit, student services such as financial aid systems, development, um, health and wellbeing supports. Projects the Student Union runs itself are funded through the Student Project Fund, such as the T-Fund, meal plans, microwaves, inclusive teaching, the Hub Central. There are sustainability initiatives, the Access and Disability Office, the Chaplaincy, services SOX relies on, such as Your Space, Alive, Mentoring and Employability. Included also are Accommodation and Welfare and Student Counselling, and so many other services students only gain by having. The University Society's coordinating group asks Careers, Chaplaincy, the Health Unit, Alive, the Society's Office and Sports Office, all parties who will see increases or decreases should the referendum pass, what consultation process do they have with the student union in relation to these proposed changes? All responded, no consultation. As such, Radio Soccer in favour of a no vote this Thursday. The following interviews were recorded over the weekend before the student union's uh, levy referendum info session. That brings us to the end of our show. A huge thank you to our welfare candidates, Cora, Connor and Aaron for joining us on the podcast. Best of luck in your campaigns, guys. For more info on the election, visit su.nuigalway.ie or Galiv on Facebook and Instagram. For more content from us, see Radio Sock Talks on Spotify, Mixcloud and Anchor FM as well as NUIG Radio Sock on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, guys, and have a nice day.